Get in now, my friend. Get your feet wet. You don't need to know everything about blockchain technology to mint 50 editions on mint songs and give it away to your fans. Get started, make mistakes. Hopefully those mistakes are not that expensive. And if you're gonna make mistakes, uh, maybe try to make them in Polygon or, or, or cheaper chains and not on, e on Ethereum. Welcome back to OnChain Experiments, where we talk with the creators and collectors building Web3. Today's guest is Miami-based Colombian DJ CharlieCrown.eth. CharlieCrown.eth just had a successful crypto crowdfund where his intended goal was around 2 ETH and he ended up successfully raising 3.8 ETH for his next music project. We also talk about the top blockchains for NFTs, DAOs, and the mechanics around social tokens. I hope you enjoy. CharlieCrown.eth, welcome to the show. Hey, sweet man. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite and the opportunity to to speak to you. Man, I got to say, you've been across the board active in the Web3 community. I've seen you in the Latin America spaces. I've seen you in a lot of the music NFT spaces. The more uh, I learn about you, the more I see how active you are in this community. And um, I think that really pays a lot of homage to the success that you had with your crypto crowdfund. So I want to first off just say congrats on running a successful crypto crowdfund. And for people that aren't aware, uh, can you can you give like a high level overview of what your crypto crowdfund was and kind of tell the story of how it's unfolding? Hey, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, thank you so much for your kind words. It's, it really means a lot. And and I also see you a lot uh, being active, you know, in the space. So like... I feel the same way about you. Um, so yeah, the crowdfund initially started uh, as a, a thought of kind of like taking advantage of the tools that it had at my disposal in Web3 to like start building community. And, uh, you know, I was looking into tokens and NFTs, but definitely the crowdfund was something that is talked out to me uh, just because I could incorporate all of the other ones into one thing. So I could do NFTs and tokens all within the same project. So that was definitely very appealing to me. And then um, secondly, um, I wanted to do a crowdfund and make it very clear that even though, you know, of course, you know, money is important and, and, you know, part of the appealing of the space is being independent and being able to make a living off of music and all that stuff. In terms of like the creativity and the space, money I would say is like maybe second or third in 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 like in maybe the list of things that highly motivate me. And what motivated me the most when I first discovered the space was building and creating new things. So um that's where I get the most fun out of um creating. So I was like, okay, how can I create something for my community? that it's very clear that most of the percentage of the crowdfund is going to be used uh, to build more stuff. And it's not something that I'm going to keep for myself, but instead it's something that I'm going to use to create more stuff for my community. So I started to, you know, brainstorm and that's when I came out with the idea. So um, to create the token. Um, so to talk a little bit about the, the mechanics of the crowdfund, how it works is the main goal of the crowdfund is to finance the release of my upcoming single called Just Say It featuring Helen Tess. Um, the release is coming out in April 15. And um, part of the crowdfund is going to go to finance, uh, you know, promotion, press, artwork, video, all the... Um, you can call regular stuff, but then um, that's when the fun begins and when the Web3 stuff comes in and um, I decided to do three auctions. So the first auction is going to be the song auctioned on a catalog. The second auction is going to be an animation of the artwork in, a, in different dimensions, auctioned probably on foundation. And then the third one is going to be the lyric video auction uh, via the glass protocol. 
And the fun thing is like um, 90% of all three auctions from the sale price of those auctions is going back into the crowdfund contract so that then um, all the backers that got tokens for participating in the crowdfund are able to exchange their uh, crowdfund tokens. They just say token in exchange for the ETH that has been, you know, accumulating in that address as auctions come to an end. Um, so yeah, that's like definitely, I would say the more complex part of the dynamics. And then, you know, I also have um, NFT airdrops for uh, different milestones. So like there's there's going to be an airdrop to all backers when we hit 100K streams on Spotify and then a second one when we hit half a million and then a third one when, when, when and if we hit the million on Spotify. And that sort of came out of the idea of trying to tie in the crowdfund uh, with the actual success of the song out there uh, in a more uh, global point of view. That's kind of like um, the mechanics in, in in the simplest way I can explain them. <laughs> this is one of the m- most well thought out releases and crowdfunds I've, I've heard about. And it uh, really kind of floors me. It makes me sit back and just Thank say you. like, how did you think of this? Like you're, you've got a multifaceted release on multi multiple platforms, catalog foundation glass, you're also talking about tying everything back in with streams and rewarding the users. It's it's a very succinct, uh, well thought out goal, and I, it makes me just wonder how did you come up with this? Like, did it just was it just did it just show up in your head one day and you wrote it down and you're like, yeah, this is the plan? Was it a team? Did it come out of the community? Like, where did this plan come from? It's a beautiful plan. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you for the words, and and it definitely wasn't like that. I wish. Um, for me, it was like um, just a bunch of hours sitting down and trying to figure out um, what else was out there. So I, I didn't want it to do like a regular crowdfund or, 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 or even like repeat what other people have done. Um, so I was like trying to look for ways to make the crowdfund unique. So one of the aspects was, you know, making all the auctions accrue back into the crowdfund so that uh, inherently, the token is meant to be burned. So, like when you when you contribute to the crowdfund, you already know that the token you're getting, the goal of that token is not to be like a social token or a or a creator token, but it's a token that you're gonna be you're gonna end up burning at some point. Um, so, I think that's fun, and that's that kind of like shows people also kind of like the versatility and kind of like creative part of Web three, and 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 I also think it's very fun to show people how basically with the tools we have at, a, at our disposal right now, basically, you know, your imagination is the limit. And and then um, as far as the other stuff goes, I was just, you know, really trying to uh, experiment. So, so like all this stuff with catalog and glass and foundation is just me uh, scratching my own itch of just experimenting with as many platforms as I can and, and learn about them all and kind of like, um, be able to create on all of them and kind of like get a grasp of how they work. And, you know, I just want to get involved with as many platforms, protocols and applications I can. So I think the the release is going to be a perfect opportunity to just dive in, in, in all of them. So uh, that's how I started building the mechanics. So like, how can I do more? Because I want to, you know, I'm asking for, uh, I think the 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 initial goal was 2.5, and and we raised uh, a little bit over that, like 3.8. And I was like, I'm really grateful for for being able to raise this money, but how can I make the most out of this so that every single person that backed the project is getting enormous enormous amounts back, like a thousand fold or ten thousand fold of what they initially put in. So my goal um, in the most simplest form I can say is um, giving back more than what he got from, from every single backer. So that's how I see the crowdfund in, in my view. These are great principles. Yeah. Really great principles you've got. Um, is the 3.8, that, that that's denominated in ETH, right? Yeah, 3.8. Uh, cool. That's amazing. I And... It, 
you saying that all these are experiments really ties back into the core principle of this podcast of on-chain experiments. That's the name of the podcast. And the whole goal that I'm trying to help people see is like enough talking, enough like planning and planning this out and taking it slow, like come out here and run some experiments, get some test ETH from a faucet, mint something on a platform, sign in with MetaMask, just do some stuff so you can understand the platform. We're so early in this space. The, the people that are really going to pioneer this space are the ones that are out here experimenting. And CharlieCrown.eth is a very good example of that. Like he, he sat down, he thought, how can I do something that nobody else has done? And you've come up with a very unique strategy. This isn't like any other crowdfund that I've seen. I was going to ask if this is similar to Fifi Wrongs or anyone else, but I just just hearing you explain it, this is a very unique uh, crowdfund. And I'm very curious to learn more about the token. So you said that the token is meant to be burned. This is not a social token. For, for people that aren't aware of like what the token is, first, like what is the, the token ticker? Um, and then kind of what? how should people think of the token that you've created around your uh, your crowdfund and around your your creativity of course of course and 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 i agree with you 100 percent. for me for me it's about experimenting and, and getting my feet wet and this is something that i learned for from my on my friend uh cooper turley who like from early on kind of like i remember he just texted me like get involved with song camp sign up for catalog sign up for uh mean songs do this download that and he just gave me like a like a bullet points of things that i should do and and that's how i got it, uh, initiated in the space so and that's kind of like one of the principles that i've hold so far and it's like i don't you know discard platforms just because they're on another chain or whatever i just you know i try everything and i have wallets on many other blockchains and just you know trying a bunch of, of platforms, see what works, see what I like, see what resonates with, with my audience and, and what they enjoy. Um, so answering your question about the token, the ticker is JSI. Uh, it's just the initials from the, the song, which is called Just Say It. And um, the reason behind me deciding to, to like make the token kind of like burnable, it's mainly because I didn't want this token to be my creator token because I'm basically trying to build for the next decade. So, um, and that's something that uh, we can talk about it uh, in a minute. But I didn't want the token to represent kind of like a DAO token or a creator token just because I have plans on doing an actual creator token with, you know, actual tokenomics and actual supply behind it and kind of like a more complex kind of like transition into a DAO. So I was li like, okay, inherently Mirror does create a token. So how can I use this token to to make something cool that's not meant to be kept or, or represent, you know, membership or or participation in a community or, or stuff like that. So um, one of the first things was, you know, assigning roles on Discord for, for backers. So that's where the token kind of like served a, a little bit of the purpose. Uh, but then I was like, um, kind of like researching other crowdfunds, and I remember finding one that's called Essay. Um, that's I think it's a series of poems that um, I don't think not, not sure if it's a series of poems, but I think it's a poem or maybe a series. But what uh, the author did was once the poem uh, gets released uh, physically or I remember well, but some ETH was accruing back to the crowdfund and then people were able to like exchange their tokens for like ETH that has been accumulating in the contract. So I started to dive in deeper because I haven't seen anybody doing that. And I was like, how does it work, you know, under the hood? And is it happening through mirror or is it something that I have to do like externally? And then I started, you know, to research and, and, and I think this opportunity at this time or at the time I was doing that, there wasn't much information about how to set up something like that. So I started, you know, um, getting involved in the mirror discord and asking questions to, to the team. And, and, you know, I, I was able to get some help there. 
And finally, I found out that it's indeed one of uh, Mirror's features that you can actually, you know, for example, mint the NFT on Sora and then link it to your crowdfund in a way so that whenever that NFT sells on Sora, uh, Sora already knows that X percentage of that sale, that split, uh, goes to that contract address, which can be anything. It could be an, a, a, like a wallet address or it can be like a, a contract like the one that represents the crowdfund uh, at this moment. So that's kind of like how I thought of the token kind of like, you know, being useful for something. And so people can ultimately burn their token in exchange for ETH. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People can burn their token and exchange that for ETH and, and claim ETH uh, depending on, you know, how much JSI they have, uh, depending on how much they contributed to the crowdfund. Wow. Okay. And quickly double-clicking on, on Zora. I've heard that Zora is a protocol, but to be completely honest, I have been very heads down building Mint songs and I have not looked up much at other people in the space, but I've heard a lot of creators saying positive things about Zora. Um, it might be outside of the, the scope of your knowledge or this podcast, but for creators listening, what, what benefit would you say Zora provides or like, how does that sit inside of your tool belt? Where, what is Zora and how, how is it used by you? Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I, I, I love Sora. Um, I'm not very knowledgeable about it, but, um, what I do know is like, they are a protocol more than they are a marketplace. So the the cool thing about them being a protocol is that um, it's meant to be built upon. So like it's made in a in a in a way that you can build on top of it. So the cool thing for creators like me or like anybody listening that, that uh, like does art or music or NFTs in general, the cool thing is like eventually you're gonna be able to build your own website, um, and then use Sora as an underlying protocol to like host your own marketplace in your own website and host your own NFTs there. Like inherently, they're going to be um, listed through Sora because you're building on top of the protocol, but you're going to be able to build like your website and your own marketplace on top of Sora and kind of like use their features like, you know, like the curator's fee, use features like um, splits and, and, and some other stuff that it would be, a thousand times more difficult if you were to like do it on your own and you would need to like hire developers to like build your own marketplace on the blockchain. So definitely Sora uh, cuts a lot of time, saves a lot of time for artists like me that uh, would like to maybe not do everything on Sora itself, but maybe, you know, have my own marketplace at let's say charliecrown.xyz and then I would have like maybe my homepage and then I will have like a, a marketplace where you can find both my NFTs and maybe my merch and, you know, kind of like something more, more uh, custom made for me. I love how composable the web three ecosystem is. Everything is super open as opposed to a lot of the closed walled gardens of web two. Like you, you can't build your website on top of Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music. They're, they're, they're super closed ecosystems. But, but here in Web3, you've got Uniswap, an open, an open platform and protocol to automate market makers. You've got Zora for building on top of. You've got Glass yeah. Protocol. You've got Man Manifold is one. And all these tools, like if you want to write code, you can write code and plug into it. But they also have a lot of no-code solutions such that you can own 100% of the smart contract and the asset. And like, for example, zero X splits, like we're, we've been wondering for a while, yeah. like when are we going to be able to add splits in on mint songs? And now with zero X splits, it's super easy for us to just plug in and be like, Hey, not only do you get a split and all of those splits and revenue can be on chain, but you also own the underlying smart contract. And, that ownership of smart contracts is just really crazy how much you get to own as a creator. And so the question I want to ask you is like for creators that look at this space and they just get flooded with information and they just see so many options. They see catalog and sound and mint songs and Zora and manifold. They see all these options. And a lot of people will just click away and be like, eh, too many options. 
Charlie Crown, what tools would you say you value keeping in your tool belt? What are the, the protocols and tools that you find valuable to be building on top of it at this point in your career? At this point in my career, I think um, main songs, uh, it's definitely one that I'm excited about, um, mainly because um, I know you guys are, are, are going to be doing uh, one-on-ones soon, and I think that's going to be really interesting, and I think um, it's going to be really cool for fans specifically um, and for bigger audiences because you know, as artists, uh, as much as we'd love to sell one ETH NFTs on catalog, I think um, it's going to be really interesting to use uh, mint songs in sidechains like Polygon to like make lower tier NFTs available for um, fans that maybe cannot afford the, the, the prices of Ethereum or the gas prices of main chain, you know? Yeah. This so is- I think that's really exciting, and 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 uh, and I'm excited about that. Um, I'm excited about Sound XYZ and Catalog. Um, I love Mirror, and and I've been diving deeper into it just because I think it would be cool to incorporate it in my tool belt as a way of like maybe publishing short stories about the songs and also have like the written form of my creations or, or maybe even uh, publish uh, maybe lyrics that I write as poems on, on mirror and be able to mint them as NFTs and stuff like that. That's pretty interesting to me. So, so I would say those four probably mean songs catalog and sound XYC for music and mirror for, for, for writing. And, you know, definitely something that has helped me a lot in, in building is, um, getting involved, you know, participating in communities specifically that um, talk and, and share like my same interests. So like more specifically music communities, um, like, you know, the Min Songs Discord, Sound XYC Discord, um, Good Karma Records, Song Camp, uh, Excelencia and Julian Mudd and Camouflage all, all have, you know, uh, their own Discord. So those are pretty great places uh, for communities, uh, as well as my friend Excelencia. He has his his own Discord too. And these are really great places to meet people. And and I cannot, um, I cannot kind of like be really, I don't know how to say it in English, but it's really, really important because just so you guys know, I believe probably 90 to 100% of the people that backed my crowdfund are all people that I know. So I, I don't think there's one people there that I don't know who they are. So, and and all of them are people that I've met on Discord or Twitter after getting involved in the space. So like very few people, or I, I think I think there's not a single person in the crowdfund that was somebody that I brought in from Web2 and kind of like brought them over to my fan base in Web3. No, it's just all people from the space that I met by getting involved and, and you know, getting on spaces and all that stuff. So definitely Discord is one of the tools right now under my belt for, you know, building the space. <laughs> There's about 10 different ways I wanted to pivot the conversation after what you just said. Real quick, I want to summarize CharlieCrown.eth has been doing a great job getting involved with the community. A lot of people that come into this space from Web2 think, I'm going to drop a piece that's one ETH and somehow someone's just going to come up and swoop it up and buy it. And I like that you're kind of debunking that myth and saying, no, you were diving deep into discords. You went into the mirror discord to ask the founding team questions and the founding team can answer your questions. You can jump into the discord of Mint Songs and ask us questions and People like me will answer that question and eventually try to rope you in to get on his podcast. And actively getting involved in this space builds up a lot of community with people that want to support you. My pinned tweet is, if you follow me, I immediately check out your profile on Mint Songs and I buy people's pieces and I'm actively buying people's pieces. And it's not a bunch of random anons like these different spinoff profile picks might make you think. 
the community is super important. And you started off the conversation talking about how important it is to be building community. And as we're building community, I think where people's assets live are very uh, important and can really ingrain a lot of bias into the future. And you touched on it a little bit earlier of like Mint Songs is on Polygon and it allows for different opportunities. I'm curious of your thoughts on which blockchains are interesting to you. You mentioned at the start of the show that you have wallets on many different blockchains. So, and you've talked to Cooper Turley and you're running all these experiments. You've done a lot of experimenting in the field. What blockchains would you say have been seem promising to you as a creator? Amazing, amazing. Um, I'm on Ethereum. I'm on Ethereum, you know, mama's boy. Like, it's my favorite and I like, I'll defend it until the end of time. But um, I'm really interested in finding uh, more about and experimenting more about uh, more with platforms and protocols on Polygon. I think um, over the last, I would say, six months, they've been doing, they've been announcing like, an insane amount of, of, you know, chains and they have, you know, POS and they have uh, zero knowledge and all that stuff. That's uh, very complicated. Uh, and I haven't gotten a grasp of it uh, just yet, but uh, I know they've been doing great work and I know there's a lot of developer uh, interest in, in Polygon. So definitely um, experimenting a lot there. Mean songs is a great way to, to getting started there. You know, creating a, a putting up a song, creating an addition of, of fifty, and you know maybe even doing giveaways because you know uh, the fact that it's almost close to zero gas fees. It's very easy to like maybe do NFT giveaways for your fans and stuff like that because again, you know, not, not everything is about uh, making huge amounts of money and becoming crypto rich, but instead like how can I start building? And if you can start small and you, and if you have a small fan base, then maybe minting 30 NFTs and giving them away to your most loyal fans makes a lot of sense. Um, as far as Polygon goes, then Mint Songs would be like a, a, something that has me really excited. And then I'm really, really excited and looking forward for form function on Solana. Um, I think it's, closed for for now kind of like you have to get approved and kind of like it's very curated at the moment but um, i'm definitely excited to see what they do for the space uh, because they're trying to be you know kind of like the foundation of solana like mixing some art with music and stuff so i'm i'm rooting for them and i think it's gonna be really interesting to see um how they do it and 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 how strong the pull is for artists on ethereum to start you know experimenting maybe on on form function once it's a little bit more open on or or at the moment you know more artists start to get accepted and then the uh, uh a third a close third would be uh tesos i think it's pretty 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 great it's really fast it's really affordable it's just it doesn't have the traffic you you have on Ethereum, um, but I've seen you know uh, Fort Minor, uh, this guy from Linkin Park. Uh, I think he's doing something really cool on on Tesos. I think um, he goes live on Twitch and then he does like a beat live on there for like an hour or two, and then those beats uh, get minted on Tesos as NFTs, and then those NFTs you know. Some of them, I think, grant rights for 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 like you know rappers to sing on top of them, and even release them. And of course, you know those NFTs give uh, people access to his community on on, I would say Discord. I'm not sure, but but yeah, I believe like um, not sure what the future will be like, but but I think um, it's not far off to say like maybe the future is a little bit more uh, multi-chain. Where of course you're gonna have your 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 ho hopefully mo more most more likely your main activity is gonna be on Ethereum, uh, that being on you know Polygon or as we move more towards L2s, probably. But then you know there's there's gonna be other chains that are gonna be pretty good for other things and maybe minting cheap stuff and maybe 
you know, gifts or airdrops or, you know, giveaways. It doesn't have to be everything on main, main chain Ethereum. Um, but yeah, those, those three, I would say, ha have me really excited. So like Polygon, um, Solana and Tesos for NFTs specifically speaking. Pretty cool. And and just just to clarify, uh, earlier you said transactions are just about free on Mint songs, but we actually everything is one hundred percent free. When you when you sign a transaction, whether you're minting or buying or modifying your listing price, you're still signing messages. But it's kind of like when you like a message on OpenSea. There's no gas associated. Uh, we use some fancy EIP 2771 tech behind the scenes. Um, so Mint Songs covers all the gas costs. And I, okay. I personally, this is how I feel Ethereum scales is apps. Like you say, more and more people are going to be onboarded onto L2s. Sure, maybe the early adopters came onto Ethereum L1 and they can they have enough ETH saved up that they can still transact on there. But new entrants coming on, it, it doesn't make sense for most people to be coming onto ETH L1. Yeah. The transaction costs are just too high. But the decentralization and security are still really good to benefit from. So and in how we envision and how I envision Ethereum scaling is we're gonna leverage the the security of ETH L1. But apps that are being built are going to be able to make it free to be able to do anything that you want. And rather than having to go over to Solana or Tezos to be able to get entirely gas-free transactions, companies like Mint Songs can build in some smarter tech so that when Charlie Crown wants to mint a song, he doesn't have to pay any gas. When someone wants to buy that song, they don't have to pay any gas. And nobody has to know anything about the gas costs. They can just buy a song even with their credit card, if they really wanted to, and everything just kind of works. And if people want to know about the blockchain, they can dig in and they can look at the smart contracts and they can examine that kind of stuff. But if, if you're trying to onboard a bunch of your fans, you, you mentioned earlier, it's you found a lot of success by finding people that are already in Web3 and bringing people over from Web2 is a real big challenge and honestly not something that is uh, cost effective at this point. But I think if we're going to onboard another billion people, we have to make it so that the blockchain can almost operate so that people don't even need to know that they're using a blockchain. And so that, that's one of the like mental models we're building out at, at Min Songs. And the, the last question I have about uh, your token, the JSI token. So you were mentioning that it's meant to be burned. It's not a social token. You can convert it back to ETH. Um, and you're thinking more in the long term. Is this token more of a, a short-term project like do you expect that this token will eventually go down to zero supply in the short term? Or do you think some people might hold on to and get value out of this token for decades to come? Um, I think the, the idea of the token is for the supply to go to zero. And, and I see the, the project kind of like, um, not the project itself, probably the crowdfunding is a, like a long-term goal, and then but the token is definitely like a short-term kind of like mechanic solution, um, and I, and I, and I'll uh, I'll explain that. So when backers contributed to the crowdfund, they not only got a token but they also got uh, airdropped a POAP. So the token is gonna get burned, but I'm still but I still gonna have like a record of like who contributed to the crowdfund and they of course will have still in their wallets that POAP which serves like as a memory uh, of being there early kind of like uh, a medal of honor for being you know an early supporter of the Charlie Crown project um, and what those POAPs are going to be used for are when the time comes which is gonna, going to happen probably in the next uh, few weeks um when the official Charlie Crown token, which is going to be like the creator social token from the DAO, um, gets, you know, deployed on mainnet, um, the people that have POAPs, uh, so to say, like the, the backers of the crowdfund are going to get those tokens airdropped. So, you know, you're still welcome to keep your JSI, uh, but I would say it's 
going to be way better to just, you know, exchange and take the ETH out from the, from the crowdfund. Otherwise, I would say like at some point, maybe if there's a still ETH in the crowdfund, maybe together as a community, we can vote on just taking that, that ETH out and kind of like putting it into the treasury. And then, you know, uh, when people get are ready, they are going to be able to exchange uh, those JSI tokens for the the actual DAO token, kind of like the upgrade of that one, you know. So, like I, I see a JSI like a like a temporary social token, and then eventually people are going to get upgraded to the Charlie Crown token. That's going to be you know the official one for the DAO for. Uh, ownership of the treasury for governance for all these pretty fancy words for for communities in web3 as as we transition into the the latter half of this episode um, which i think is going to be more focused on DAOs, um, i want to get started with talking a little bit more about excellencia i've i've been hearing his name brought up a bunch recently especially in the the latin america music scene um, I am just starting to meet him and get introduced, but for, for people, maybe even especially people, musicians in the Latin America communities, what, what kind of work is he doing? Is he running his own DAO at the moment or does he have a token? Like, uh, you mentioned him earlier and I just wanted to kind of double click on what your mental model is around what he's doing right now. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Well, Excelencia is uh, a really good friend of mine. He's a complete beast. Like the the amount of of knowledge and and creativity that he has is just insane. And um, you know, I also admire what he's doing for the Latin community because I think right now, um, specifically with the reggaeton genre, he's like literally spearheading the movement. He's like first up front. Um, and I'm definitely gathering some ex- some inspiration from him. I also admire what uh, Daniel Allen is doing with his overstimulated DAO. Um, and Excellencia has tokens too. I believe he has Infinite and then he has um, X. I think he has two tokens. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it Like I've been gathering a lot of inspiration from them both. Um, also from their knowledge, uh, Excellencia very early on actually gave me a lot of feedback um, on my crowdfund before I published it. So I'm definitely grateful for that. And, you know, I also gathered a lot of inspiration from uh, Daniel Allen's crowdfund, which was really inspiring for me as well. It was huge. So I was like, you know, in my mind, I was like, wow, if I could do something remotely close to what those guys are doing, I'd be more than happy. Um, so yeah, my idea is to do something very similar, of course, uh, putting in my touch, um, um, uh, innovating in some sort and kind of like putting in, um, my, my two cents to make it different, uh, innovate in the space and also contribute and eventually, you know, maybe be, uh, that inspiring for somebody else, just how they inspired me. I want to go deeper into your long-term vision of what your DAO looks like, if it's the Charlie Crown DAO or, but to, to get started from a high level, I think you and I are pretty familiar with DAOs, but for people that this might be the first time they're hearing about a DAO, how would you describe a DAO or how would you describe the concept of it? Mm, I'm a really huge fan of this uh, kind of like phrase, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was coined by by Cooper at some point. Um, he said something like, DAOs are just, you know, like chats, like, you know, messenger chats with a shared bank account. So um, that's kind of like, like the basic vision is just a group of friends on a chat with a shared bank account. So um, I think that's very interesting because, you know, with the amount of organization and, and coordination uh, that's now possible thanks to blockchain technology, um, it's very, very possible to coordinate massive amounts of people 
and and you know be able to manage an actual shared bank account, which in you know in in, in the in the case of Web three, it's uh, a community wallet. So that's kind of like a DAO for me. But I I also believe uh, on on the other hand that DAOs can be very versatile in the sense like I don't believe every DAO has to be decentralized or even um, autonomous. Uh, I believe some creator DAOs, maybe like mine and, and other similar artists like myself, maybe creativity and vision is not going to be decentralized. I mean, we're going to probably as artists, we're going to keep probably like 100% of our creative freedom and then maybe put up something for 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 voting. But, you know, maybe we won't sacrifice vision or creative freedom. So, yeah, I don't believe... Um, Every DAO has to be decentralized or autonomous, uh, but definitely the organization part is like the important part there for me. Kind of like how can we organize and coordinate at scale thousands of people towards the same vision without, you know, a central point of of control. But definitely, like I believe there there still needs to be like a, a like a leadership uh, kind of like spearheading the. <laughs> the vote i agree i agree 100 percent. first yeah i think the the quote does come from cooper i remember seeing it dow equals group of friends plus treasury um it sounds like he's been pretty impactful for you discovering a lot so just want to give cooper a, a shout out he has been incredibly active in the creator space in the dow space so he deserves a lot of praise for all the work that he's doing um i am curious to and and i also want to uh say I, I i'm very curious and i like that you're saying a, a dao the first two letters stand for decentralized and autonomous but you say they don't necessarily need to be decentralized and autonomous and i i like that mental model because i've i've been inside a bankless dao and i've seen what happens if there is very low centralization and very low amounts of leadership and you really do give the controls over to the decentralized beast uh, there can be a lot of conversations that don't necessarily need to be had. And while it is, in theory, very awesome to have something that is truly decentralized, uh, there's a lot of power and there's a lot of benefit to having leaders that have a vision like you. You know exactly what you want to build and you can move very fast with a team. And if you open up to too much decentralization, it can really slow down uh, what doesn't need to be slowed down. Like even in my family's DAO, Sweetman DAO. Like everybody in our, in the Sweetman DAO, in my direct family, myself and my parents and my uh, three other siblings, so six people total, we own the Sweetman DAO multi-sig. We all own the Sweetman.eth ENS name. And I try to turn over control as much as possible to the group, but inevitably they turn back to me and say, hey, this is what you're, this is how you spend all of your time. You, you're the one that looks in Web3 all the time. So I get that you want to let up and give control to us, but we're ultimately going to try to lean back on you because I was the one that started this. I have a lot of the vision and knowledge. And so definitely agree with, with that vision. And so I'm curious of uh, how you're thinking in the long term of the difference between the, the shorter term JSI token and the, the DAO that you're ultimately thinking of building. Like what, what is the difference? Um, is, is this, is this project also, is your DAO that you're thinking of forming also going to be shorter term it, or is it going to be as long term as your life or do you see it extending even beyond, uh, beyond the life that you spend on this planet? Like how, how long term are we talking with this DAO? That you um, I'm probably thinking way beyond my lifetime mm, just because, you know, I'm, I'm also really excited about, you know, the possibility of giving a percentage of my master royalties and my even my publishing royalties at some point and you know just give fans uh splits on all of my catalog at some point meaning not the community like like every single person in particular but the DAO treasury and then through nfts as well give uh royalties and and ownership to not not only the treasury, but actually give my community ownership over my music at some point. So like, you know, when I die, um, 
there's still like this kind of like entity or corporation or, or however you want to call it that actually owns uh, a big chunk of my my catalogs, uh, you know, um, royalties. And I think that's pretty interesting because uh, I think that's a very interesting way of how can artists can, you know, leave a legacy uh, when they leave towards, you know, some other dimension. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Quick. really interesting to, to like, you know, um, explore ways in which instead of like giving 80% of my master royalties and my soul and my principles over to a major record label, uh, why not give 50% of everything I do to the actual people that make this possible, which is the people that actually go every day on Spotify and stream my music. That makes, like, like in my head, now that I see it that way and now that I see it from a Web3 point of view, that makes more sense than going the other way. 100%. I find this thought very interesting that when you die, turning assets over to a community as opposed to family, I feel a lot of people right now, uh, wealth is transferred in wills and it's often transferred to the family. And a story that my, my father likes to tell me is, uh, there's like three generations. There's the generation that, that moved to America and then had it hard their whole life. And they raised their kids in kind of a hard life. Then that person's child was raised in a hard life, but then was able to build their own business and went from being very poor to being very successful. And then the third generation, that person's son or child was raised in a household where they had already made it. The parents had run a successful business, had many assets, and that child was born into a world where everything was taken care of. And then that third generation child ultimately doesn't know what it was like to put in all the hard work and kind of ruins the wealth and kind of throws it away because they, they don't know what it takes to build up the hard work. And so there's a lot of people that are given a lot of money, uh, especially in America, and they don't really know what to do with it. And they don't really have any concept of the work that it took to build that up. And so you talking about like, I'm not going to turn some of these assets over to my family. I'm going to turn it over to the community. And this makes me wonder, like, do you think that the community might do a better job of managing these assets then your family would be able to, or does that play in? Have you thought at all about this dynamic of giving these assets to your community as opposed to your family? Um, I've thought about it, and I've also like um, like the thought of my family having ownership of the DAO as well, so like being part of the community too. And I think that would be like you know um, a really cool way to uh, inherit while I'm still alive. So like bring over my family into the DAO and kind of like um, through my life uh, make it possible for them to grow with me and, and get excited about my project and my music and kind of like dream together with me because, you know, um, I think artists are mostly uh, alone or, or and lonely in, in our dreams. We are kind of like here daydreaming by ourselves and, and, and especially at the beginning, um, not many people believe uh, what we're dreaming until uh, they can see something happening. Um, so I think it's pretty great to like when artists uh, or us, you know, start getting traction, um, a pretty cool way to even bring your family over would be like, you know, maybe I create uh, a DAO like yours, like your Sweetman DAO with your family, maybe I create one. And actually, you know, give them some uh, Charlie Crown tokens that the community, maybe we all agreed, uh, we want to give my family some participation in the DAO. And, and you know, um, maybe I can inherit that part of me without my family kind of like waiting for me to die over to like, you know, inherit stuff. Because I, I, I know some people, sadly, uh, I imagine, you know, uh, there's a lot of people out there in the world that. Uh, maybe are waiting for the parents to die to inherit something. And, and that's kind of like a, a, a very sad thought, um, in my opinion. So 
so I think it would be really cool to like maybe bring over, you know, my brother to work in the DAO and start earning, you know, some Charlie Crown tokens. Uh, my mother and maybe, you know, when I get married and have kids, maybe they can, you know, have a share as well. And then when I die, it's just this, you know, massive, massive organization that just lives on and handles all of my music and, you know, still create NFTs, still have the rights, still have IP, IP over certain things. Um, they are, when I die, they probably, at that point, they will probably become decentralized and autonomous. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, yeah, it would, be, it would be pretty great to to know what happens when when the, when the artist in a creator DAO dies. So that's something that, uh, I guess we'll we'll see in the future. Nobody knows. Right. This entire space is less than 10 years old. So we really haven't had the time horizon yet to see what happens. Is your, is, are you, yeah. when you go and talk to your family about this, is your family already very hip to web three or are you kind of the crazy web three NFT guy that everyone kind of rolls their eyes at when you start talking about NFTs in your family? I'm the crazy guy that's in Web3 that everybody rolls their eyes when I start talking about Web3, yes. <laughs> um, I mean, my brother has been getting a little bit on 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 crypto, I'd say. I, I wouldn't say Web3 yet. Um, you know, just um, the the regular stuff, uh, you know, getting on Binance, buying some uh, crypto, and kind of like building up his portfolio, but definitely nothing to do yet with NFTs or, or Web3 or music or that sort. And my parents nothing like zero percent but i think and that's um, something that i will probably uh, steal from this conversation is maybe a way of bringing bringing them on uh would be creating a, a multi-sig wallet and kind of like you know by our last name dot eth and kind of like uh make it appealing for them in a way that at least gets them curious that we're starting to have some assets there as a family uh and I, I think that they would find that lovely and interesting and maybe it's a, a cool thing to do for my parents kind of like help them build out uh you know their their wealth um uh, somewhere else as we get towards the end of the episode i've got a few more questions i want to ask and so I'm going to try to say it as a rapid fire round, but I know that some of these are bigger questions, but the, the first question I have is uh, how should music, what is the role of music NFTs for independent artists? Um, I think uh, community building and, and revenue and um, the main tool for staying independent at this moment. I would say I've seen Audius grants in your Twitter bio. What is Audius grants and what's your role? Of course, of course. Um, Audius grants is um, this committee. Um, it doesn't have, it, it, it's not from Audius itself. It's just uh, a community uh, spawn proposal. Uh, but what we do as a community as a as a committee is uh, we finance with the artist token um, artist projects so like we have an application process where artists of, of all sorts can apply for grants and then we as a community uh, review them and me being part of the committee uh, we vote on, on which grants we approve and which uh, we don't um, generally the ones we don't, we generally send feedback to the artists on how to make the application better so that they can be accepted for a grant. And uh, for me, it's like a really, really amazing thing to do because um, it's selfless, you know. For me, it's like amazing to see how artists um, get creative and get that um, kind of like drive to innovate in the space and Trust me, we get some really, really innovative and, and, and crazy ideas for for how people are going to use their audio, and and we are definitely excited to you know fund those projects and, and see and see what's up. We've talked about DAOs, and I've seen the dollar sign FWB in your Twitter bio. What is Friends with Benefits, and what is your role within? 
Uh, I'm just a member. I I I I joined the the full membership just a few weeks ago, probably a month ago, somewhere around there. And uh, for me, friends with benefits is uh, one of the best, you know, social club communities out there. Uh, just because you know, almost everybody that I admire is within friends with benefits or thinking of joining friends with benefits or even funded friends with benefits or contributes to friends with benefits. So for me, since the beginning, and I kind of like regret that I had the opportunity to join friends with benefits when the, like the, the full membership was, I believe like 55 FWB and FWB was like probably, I don't know, six, $7. But then I waited too long. Then when I wanted to join, it was like over $4,000. Um, but yeah, for me, it's like uh, one of the best um, communities for for you know social. Um, I, I would say eighty to ninety percent of the stuff that I learned about DAOs, I've learned in the DAO channel within Friends with Benefits. I've made friends there that contributed to the crowdfund. Um, yeah, it's just a massive, massive community of like-minded people, and I think that carries power because. Um, having over 5,000 people all interested in the same things, it's insane. And if you are able to coordinate all these people to like make in real life events, uh, do hackathons, create apps, uh, develop projects, launch projects, uh, whatever, it's like the sky's the limit for these guys. And I, and I truly believe um, these guys are gonna make some heavy, heavy impact in in the in not not only the Web three industry but in general as a brand. Their impact is huge, and I'm and I'm like just really proud to be a full member, and and I'm really looking forward to start to contribute more and get more involved with with the with the team at some point. Last couple of questions are related to Latin America. First, I. I had no idea that you were from the Latin American community, but just hearing you speak in super fluent Spanish just has me wondering, what country would you say that your family hails from? Uh, my family is from Colombia. Colombia. Uh, next. Colombia. Uh, I'm Colombia too. In, in the Latin America music NFT community, it seems like there's a lot that needs to be done uh, for people that want to support like like me i i'm living down here in argentina what is a way that you think i can be more helpful uh to growing the latin american community that is in web i think one of the key things that um could be done for the latin american community would be content in spanish um most of the media courses uh, explainer videos, guides, podcasts, spaces, and communities are in English. So I I would say, and and I don't, I, I wouldn't know, but I would say, for someone that doesn't speak English, um, finding information and finding information that they can use to generate some impact, it's very very difficult because from what I've seen, like if I search like for crypto and nft videos on youtube in spanish they are mostly how to flip nfts and how to get rich with crypto but nobody's talking about building web3 or 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 you know you, you get a bunch of videos just uh guys flipping nfts and telling people how to find a great project and then sell it for fifty thousand dollars and then you find these guys telling you what the next coin to go to the moon is but uh, there's not, you know, I, I, I wish we had something like, um, you know, song camp in Spanish or something like uh, mirror articles in Spanish or, or someone like Cooper Turley uh, with that impact and with that, you know, thought leadership writing in Spanish for the Spanish community. That would be insane. Um, and yeah, I would say uh, we need more content. Uh, written content, video content, just to educate artists of all sorts in, in Latin America. I want to thank you for joining us today. And as the, the last question to take us out, 
what advice would you give to any musician or creator that's listening to this and is curious about coming into Web3 but hasn't started yet? I would say get in now, my friend. Get your feet wet. You don't need to know everything about blockchain technology to mint 50 editions on mint songs and give it away to your fans. Get started, make mistakes. Hopefully those mistakes are not that expensive. And if you're gonna make mistakes, uh, maybe try to make them in Polygon or, or, or cheaper chains and not on, e on Ethereum. Uh, but yeah, my main advice is get involved. Uh, you see an app, don't discard it, don't judge it. Just see what's up, get involved, do something with them, create and, and share what you are learning and also don't be afraid to ask. Like, there's no stupid questions. And I would say we are all, some others are more ahead and some others are getting started. But we all together as a community are doing this Web3 blockchain stuff for the first time in human history. So nobody really knows what the fuck we're doing. So, you know, just, just get on board it, man. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Charlie. Thanks for the invite, man. Uh, really appreciate it, and 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 I really love the opportunity to talk to you. I admire your your knowledge, and and your experience, and and I'm humbled to be here. Hope you enjoyed this episode with CharlieCrown.eth. If you have any more questions or want to connect with CharlieCrown.eth, check out all of his links to his NFTs, to his platforms on social, to stream him on Spotify. Any way that you need, check out the show notes. And as always, this podcast episode comes with some NFT clips that you can find on my profile, Sweetman.eth, on Mint Songs. Thank you for tuning in. This is Sweetman.eth signing off.